Welcome to Femme Collective with Katie, Stacy, and Mai. Welcome back to Femme Collective. So we wanted to discuss a an important topic that has been really heavy on, I think, all of us and as a collective people like everywhere, especially in the U.S., we're just, we're taking it pretty hard with what happened with the events at Uvalde. It was abrupt, traumatizing, and I also think we talked about it a little bit before we started this episode and recording is that, you know, it's something that we really felt strongly about that needed to be talked about. We wanted to hold the space for that, we wanted to hold the space to be able to discuss something like this and just kind of share where we're at. And I think one of the things that I hope that you get from this as you listen to it is just to connect and know that you're not alone and that you're not the only one trying to process all of this and that you feel seen in this conversation. So I'll go ahead and open it up with what I'm dealing with right now and some of my thoughts on everything. And then Katie and my feel free to jump in wherever you want to. Um, I just want to go back to, since this is so, so fresh and so recent, I mean, this is just a few days ago. I, I can still feel the hard emotions. I, I feel like I'm in a much better space now. And it almost is hard sometimes to talk about what space I'm in because the, the dang event didn't even happen to me directly. You know what I mean? Like this, there are actual people dealing with the direct impact of losing their children who they probably had foreseen this full life with that was just taken away from them. So it's, it's kind of hard to talk about it in that sense, because I have the privilege of it not actually happening to me, but when something like this does happen, it does have this exponential impact on people because it affects the way that we navigate life and how we see things. And for me, when I first heard it, and then just, this is where I think it's important to know yourself too. When I initially hear any type of jolting news like that, I'm a slow processor emotionally, not like extremely slow, but it's like this, this time period of like recognizing what is happening, what happened. So like my emotions have not caught up. So that first day it happened, like my husband was the first person to alert me. And so that's when I was just kind of talking through like, wait, what's going on? And and so I started pulling up the news because I'm like, these these are kids. I need to know what's going on. Like. Most of the other stuff that's happened, even though it's been big, I'm like, okay, I'll read about it later. But I dropped everything and was like, what is happening? What is going on? These are children that are involved. So I'm still in my like investigative research mode versus my emotional state. And so my, it's just a funny story. My dad ended up calling my husband um, and saying like, Hey, do you know any more about what's going on? And so my husband ended up telling my dad, he was like, Stacy is okay today, but I know her. He was like, the next few days, this is not going to be good for her. And it's so crazy how he knew me because that next day, my emotions were tied up in a complete mess. I could not focus on anything else. I tried and I tried, but like my heart and head were like so tied up in what was happening and going on that I could not do anything else. And it was almost like I was searching, like, is anybody else feeling like this? Like, Cause I'm, and I'm working too. Right. So I'm like, we all working. We all sending emails, like nothing's going on right now. Like all these kids were just murdered and everybody, it felt like, and I posted this too. I was like, it felt like everybody was going to have to go along 
in life and do the same things like nothing else had happened. I was going to say that not only did you post it, but we also talked about it in our group text message. And I think that was one of the thing, one of the first things that you said is how am I supposed to go on with my regular life? We are expected to just move on and I can't even focus. And so I, I felt the same way as you. Thank you for saying that. I'll be honest and I'll say that I, I didn't, right? I, I'm at a point where I become so numb to it all, very apathetic. I, I choose to use, we've talked about social media already and so how, how it affects in general, but because I know how certain things affect me, I've specifically chosen to use social media as solely a positive place, like where I follow influencers that are like on health, on motivational speakers, Christian speakers, um, you know, just different things like that to where for the most part, my social media feed is positive. And, and even at times I just, I don't look at notifications. I'll block, block it out when I'm busy. I don't miss it. Right. I don't need it. And when you sent the text, I remember literally thinking like, what is she talking about? Not because I hadn't heard about it because I did hear about it. But I just heard about it. Like I heard about the shooting that happened 10 days prior to that in the supermarket. And I heard about the shooting that, I don't know, happened before that probably. Like I cannot keep up, right? I can literally not keep up anymore. And so it wasn't until you said what you said that I was like, dang, I mean, what am I missing? Am I like, am I dead inside almost? And so I I don't want to call myself an empath, but I know that since I was a very little, small child, there's certain movies I couldn't watch, certain things that music I couldn't listen to. I mean, things I couldn't see because it really affected me. I would cry. I would, I would get to a low place. And so I just choose not to, not to do that. But then in, in seeing how it affected you, Stacey, because of my concern for you, right, alone, I looked into it later that day. And it did affect me in a similar way to where I was just like crying in my car by myself because I didn't want to cry in front of my kids. Because at this point, I'm just like, what else needs to happen? Like, what else is it that we need to see? And I feel like it's come to a point, you know what? Let's inundate people with the photos of these mutilated bodies. Let's just show them like the true pain. Because if the senators or anybody out there just don't get it, they're not getting it. It's like, okay, well, let me let me show you the, the gravity of this. Because if you're not getting it, then, then something's wrong with you and you need to get mentally checked. Because at some point, we have to have empathy, compassion, and understanding whether or not you have children. It doesn't matter. You don't have to have kids to understand that this is not okay. And so it took me a while, similar to you, but for different reasons, where it was just like, I can only let so much sadness, grief, and mourning come to me already because I'm tired. I'm just tired. Yeah. I think we're really, we're weary. Like for so many reasons. It's like, I think as a country, we're very weary. I mean, we've been through a lot of trauma from the pandemic to George Floyd to now these mass shootings that keep happening. It's like humans can only take so much. So I, I totally get how it, you almost became like apathetic to it because it's happening over and over. And I think this one just hit different though, because mm-hmm. <laughs> these are babies. I told you all this as we talked a couple of days ago about if we wanted to record this or not. You know, are we ready to talk about it? And each of us, no doubt, are in different places. But on the day that it happened, 
I had several different group texts that were blowing up about it. And I called my mom for something. I was on my way to the grocery store or something. And she was like, Katie, did you see? And I just said, I can't talk about it. Like I, I stopped reading my group texts. I could, I was not ready. And I think maybe it is because this is the first shooting of children since my daughter was born. And it might be that because now I'm a mother and thinking, I mean, I just, it's like, I could not even allow these thoughts in here to think about what it would be like to be in the shoes of those parents. And I just wouldn't let myself even look at it. And even still, I have not gone to research. I have not typed in the name of the school. I don't really know anything other than maybe some things that have like come across my feed or a friend has told me, but I was holding my daughter the other day during her nap. I held her for a little bit and I just broke down just thinking about, I, I finally let myself think about it, feel it, imagine myself in the shoes of those parents or any of those family members, all of the people in that town who just are going to have this enormous gaping hole in their lives. And I just couldn't stop crying. And I, and like Stacy said, sometimes it feels a little strange to talk about this, about how it impacts you because you are not the person whose child didn't come home from school. But almost everyone else in the world is in the same position as we are. Luckily, only a very, very few number of people have children that they lost in school shootings compared to the rest of the population. So I imagine most of our listeners can relate to this position that we're in, but I finally let myself feel that and it is just horrific. And it feels like there's nothing that's ever going to happen. And I think that's the worst of it. You just articulated that so well. I think some of what people have been feeling and you hear all these different words that people have been describing, like broken, devastation, horrific, like you said, these are some really dark, there's some really dark feelings to try to navigate. And I think to that, and I posted about this too, where I said, it's so complex. There's so many different things at play here that have that had happened or transpired before getting to this whole incident when everything went down on that day and people tend to focus on whatever they decide to focus on for whatever reason and I was trying to bring that to the table too that this is just a complex issue like we're we're at this point where everybody is super frustrated because clearly there could have been some other laws instituted that could maybe not have completely stopped everything, but at least add some layers to preventing it, right? That clearly hasn't happened. And you would think when we're talking about children's lives and babies that we would already be here at this point and we're not. And I think people are so frustrated. They're trying to process their emotions. And I think people tend to want to have to be able to blame somebody too. Like whose fault is this? Which clearly the laws is a primary issue here, right? But I start thinking of things about things outside of that. Like what transpired for a young man to come and do something like this? What else is broken in our system? Besides, besides the laws, what else is broken? How do we have somebody that's come to the, the place where they don't, even, they don't even know how to process their anger and, and violent feelings? How, my questions are like, how do we even get here? 
and I won't, I don't want to get into too much of what all the other things that transpired. I'm like, for, for one, I'm like, why was the door unlocked at the school? We got that issue going on. Why did it take so long for the, for the first responders and for the cops to get in there and start doing something? Like I have so many questions and this is so complex. So what's been helping me lately is giving myself the space to feel all of these feelings, but also with some controls, right? Because we can easily spiral. Like I can never take my kids anywhere again. I'm not taking them. Like I, that's just not something I can allow myself to do. So within a container, I'm allowing myself to fill the emotions without spiraling. And then something else that bothered me a little bit too, which I, I totally got it where people were like, we don't want to hear your prayers and thoughts anymore. And I totally get it because that's not enough. Right. But it's like, I'm going to do both because this is more than just what we see physically. There is this practical, tactical element to it where we need to actually get up and take some action, but then there's also a spiritual side to it. There's an emotional mental health side to it. So it's both. And I'm praying and keeping my faith and I'm taking action. So I'm not going to cross out the prayer line. I'm not going to cross out the thought line. I'm going to do both but I totally get why people said that they're angry and they have every right to be. But I think people are saying it not as we don't want your prayers at all, but we don't want your prayers in lieu of your action. Like don't just pray for me because that's not working. I saw something online that said like, there's a special amount of hypocrisy that goes along with someone offering their prayers to you without addressing the issue that they could resolve yes and so I think that's where that's coming from we're always thinking like prayers and thoughts for those people prayers and thoughts for the people that are hurting for Uvalde for Texas for this country and we take ourselves out of it and 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 I I will say that I needed some time myself just to get out of the anger the guilt that I was feeling for the simple fact that I mean I'm frustrated I'm mad I want someone to blame like Stacey said but I also felt guilty. Like I still have my babies. I get to still hug them. I get to spend time with them, to laugh with them, to play in a pool with them, to do so many of the things that these parents don't anymore. And I truly do feel guilty. And I think about it a little bit more, but at some point I won't. And really what we need to be praying about is like, what do I need to do? I think we're at that point now. And that's also what I think what people may be saying, like, I'm tired of your prayers and your thoughts for them and nothing happening. So as a woman, you know, of faith, and, and I did need time to find my equilibrium. And I, I thank God for, for the pastor of my church this weekend, where that's what he was saying in the moment of prayer. He was like, let's start praying for ourselves so God can enlighten us so that we can be there for these people physically and actually do something so that this does not continue to happen. Because constantly saying, let's pray for their grieving, for their mourning, for their pain, for the situation. What, an, what, what a horrible situation. Let's pray. Mm-hmm. No, you need to pray so God can move you. You need to do something. God uses us to help people and to make things happen, right? And so I, I did find hope in that because I was at a hopeless place where I was like, forget this. I'm tired of this. I'm not even going to think about this anymore. Nothing can happen. And no one wants to be in such a hopeless place because it's almost like, our country is being forced to be in a depressed state. Like we're in, we're in a depression when it comes to this already. It's happened so much. You're so low and you're like, there's no way out. There's no medication for this. Can you give it to me? Cause I'm tired of feeling this way. 
but we don't have it, right? So it's like, I'm, I did find some hope when I was in that moment of prayer because I was like, yes, God, I don't want to feel apathetic. I don't want to feel this frustrated. God, please use me. What do I need to do? Move me and make something significant happen because I don't want to fear for my children's lives. I don't want to fear for my mother's life as a teacher. I don't want to fear anymore. I wonder the same thing about what to do because you're right. It feels so hopeless. It feels like this is nothing new, but if nothing happened after Sandy Hook and nothing happens after this, these small children losing their lives like senselessly, it just feels so hopeless. And so what do we do to make it change? And I am still searching. This is not a podcast episode of us. I am not gonna give you a list of things to do because I don't know what they are yet. But it is so important to me that this not just fade away, like all of the other mass shootings do, all of the time, like we are just so conditioned to this. But Stacy also said something to us in an earlier discussion where she said, dropping my kids off at school feels like an act of neglect. And that was so powerful to me. I just thought, oh my gosh, that's exactly what it feels like. You just hope to God that they come home. And it's like, you can't protect them. Even though you can in most, in many, many other situations in life. And this one feels like you ju- it's just out of reach for you. Yeah, I, I definitely felt like that because the very next day I dropped him off and I knew that I wasn't the only mom or dad or parent, grandparent, whoever dropping a child off. So like there's this collective sense of angst and fear and worry. And I think right now for me, it's trying to come back like my mention to this equilibrium, like how do I get back to this space where, cause I got to keep operating. Like I can't live in trembling fear every day and just worry myself to death because that's easy to do in this day and age. And I really liked how you talked about like taking ownership from an individual standpoint, because at the end of the day, we can only control what we do. Right. So it's like, okay, that's a place to start. What can I do to actually take action? if you're a person of faith from a faith side and then from an actual tactical side to put my faith into action how do I do both and then taking that ownership and researching and figuring it out and I think that's that's what I know I need to do next is to take that ownership that you talked about I'm not sure you know how comfortable the other you guys feel you know regarding just like offering some kind of I don't know about resources. I don't have any resources, but I know in like the time that I've had just to think it through. I mean, we know, right? Sign petitions, donate money to different organizations that'll help. I mean, vote, vote for politicians that, you know, whose policies align with yours. But then also like, I'm almost at a point where I'm like, I want to have these hard conversations with people that don't see things the way I'd see them when it comes to gun gun control. And I'm like, I, I saw Ted Cruz say something, which I thought was not the smartest, but just regarding with like only one point of entry and exit into the school. And, but I'm going to put them like, cool, bro, let's do it. If that's what you think is going to work, let's do it. And let's also do something else. How about let's do your idea 
And then you think about my idea and we come together because this is not something right we want someone to blame but it's much bigger it's very it's much bigger for us to sit here and start blaming politicians and and, and, and one party against another and there's a lot that's happened over the years i mean there's so much that's happened and i'm just at a point where i'm like can we just come together please like this is not about i want my gun you want to take my gun? Let me keep my gun. I, I don't care about your gun, okay? <laughs> I care about the safety of all of us because the, yeah, we're speaking today about a, a mass shooting at a school, an elementary school. But before that, we were talking about a supermarket. We've talked about churches. We've talked about Walmart. We've talked about movie theaters. We've I mean, it's like the list is almost endless. And at some point it's like, I want to be able to live somewhat safe or, or, or feel like I can go somewhere without saying goodbye to my family and it could be the last time like I don't I just don't want to live that way anymore I, I just wish we could all just find a way to truly find a middle ground and make some significant changes yeah it's it is unbelievable to think about the way that Americans often view Middle Eastern countries and terrorism that is at play in their countries. And I think that Americans view it almost condescendingly when in fact, we've got the same thing going on within our own borders from our own people acting individually, not even in concert with each other, but there is something wrong here. Like this is not normal America. And I like what Mai said earlier, like, okay, whatever, like whatever your small step is, let's take it and do it. Okay, we'll do anything now. Like, and Stacey said earlier, the layers, like just add these layers of protection so that some of these things, so that we can decrease the frequency and the significance with which these instances occur. It's just like, let's find something, anything. I was just going to say, Maya, you talked about like the support. It's hard because we don't, I think a lot of people don't know what to do, right? Um, what came to mind is that I noticed that I've been a little bit more on edge if something happens. Like if I get a phone call when my kids are at school, the phone rings and I, my nervous system perks up. I took my kids outside today in the backyard and I didn't see my daughter for like two seconds. And I called out her name. She's like, mommy, I'm okay. And I'm like, why am I like this? So if your nervous system is responding like that, if you're having these anxious thoughts, don't try to handle it by yourself. We have, there's tons of therapists who are equipped to help you give coping tools. It doesn't mean like all your fear and anxiety is going to go away, but you can make it more manageable so it doesn't consume you. So that's where I would start. I would reach out for support if you can. If you don't have access to that, talk to a friend, talk to another parent, like just help yourself feel seen and heard, but don't try to handle all this on your own would be my place to start with dealing with all this. We're here. Hit us up in the Fem Collective DMs. If you just feel like you need to reach out to us or say anything, uh, we really appreciate you taking the time to, to listen to this episode and we see you, we hear you, and you're not alone. Thanks for taking the time to listen today. 
be sure to write us a review and follow us on the different podcast platforms and Instagram at Fem Collective Podcast and continue the discussion by joining our Fem Collective Facebook group. Until next time, this is Fem Collective, where it's all about empowering connection through her perspective.